Podcast with me, James Roy Lawson, and me, Pax Holm. And today is Monday, the fourth of June. See, I remember to say the date. Okay, I'll see you about that. Yeah. <laughs> and if you want, it's half past one in the afternoon. We're in Stockholm, uh, centre of Stockholm, Kotenuset, and we thought we found a really nice, quiet spot to record this. And then the, we noticed there's a refrigerator next to us, which is humming. We have no and idea how much is being picked up by the mics, but no. There's a lift as well, which goes bling bong every now and then yeah. when. It comes to floor five. We're just keeping it real. And there's a telephone we noticed over there as well. <laughs> so, welcome to Sound Effect Library number 381. <laughs> Today, we're talking about Agile. Yes. And UX. And, well, Agile in general a little bit, I guess. Um, and we have a guest. And who are you? I am Martin. Hi, Martin. Should I kind of give my social security number yeah. and uh, yes. yeah. and your Twitter handle of course. and my Twitter yeah. handle first with those thing. two things we can rob you but my Twitter handle is not pronounceable That's I know Let me, <laughs> let's hear the story behind your Twitter handle which right. for you listeners is M8RT yes M8RT uh, I think of cars and Meta the yeah. truck is what I think no of. I was actually called Mort once because oh, of okay. uh, you know high score tables you have only three or four letters to put in yeah right so instead of putting in Martin yeah. I, I put in Mort because right. uh, I read a French class and know that it means dead and I was dead when I ended up at the high school table uh, so dead and uh, then of course someone else had taken that mm-hmm. handle so it became uh, two rings two O's instead on top of each other so. oh it's a oh, halo now it's I see oh, yes. a halo. oh wow right <laughs> I see what you mean by not being pronounceable. I've wondered that for like five years now. <laughs> yeah, I should probably change Twitter handle. After this podcast, I should probably change my Twitter handle. That's what I'm looking at M8, so it's mate. Yeah. Mater. Mater. Yeah, exactly. That kind of thinking was mine. Yeah, yeah you can go with that one. All right, I'll, I'll so, so Martin, you, you organized the uh, UX Open event uh, almost, almost two months back now, I think. Yes. We had uh, yeah. lightning talks from lots of people around the uh, stuff called... Including someone called Pat Oxbill, I think. Yeah. yeah, I was talking there as yeah. well. Yeah, probably, yeah. yes. <laughs> and uh, and you gave your talk on Agile, and uh, one of the subjects that came up a lot on the UXLX conference that we attended was the question of UX and Agile and how do you fit it in? Because I, I referenced the project that I'm working in right now is that I'm being forced into an Agile environment where I'm actually uh, not always head-to-head with the developers on what should be done and what should not be done. And they're not always pleased with when I make my deliveries and what's the definition of done and sort of small arguments about what does definition of done mean in the context of UX and stuff like that. So there's lots of questions around this and I think a lot of more UX people are being forced into Agile, which is per definition really a development process for developers and not traditionally designers, I think. So that makes it really difficult to... There's no rule book uh, the way I see it. And some people I talk to, well, it's just a mindset, so just go with the flow and something like that. we we learned that you're <laughs> you're not content with that with that reference. You you're more like there is a solution and there's one way to do this. And uh, we'd yeah. love to hear about it. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. one way to do it. The silver yeah. bullet. I would yeah, probably silver bullet. be called the stuck up uh, idealist after this. <laughs> uh, I will be a bit more uh, over on the theoretical side to start with, actually, because 
you speak of the tools and the, and the methods of Agile. Yeah. And most people end up there, but there are uh, principles and values as well. And they started with the principles and values, or, okay, I'm lying a little bit, because in the 90s they actually started with the methods. Uh, <clears throat> but then they formed the Agile Manifesto, and very few people have actually read that one. Mm, right. Uh, <clears throat> and if you only go with that one and actually read the principles, it says very, very little about development practices. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it says mostly that, that you should satisfy the client uh, in different ways. Mm. <laughs> so that sounded yeah. old. Yeah. That sounded really old. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll take that back, I think. We have to satisfy clients in different ways. My favorite quote from this show. Yes. And, uh, oh, no, 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 there will be more. And, We're and going to need a child warning on this one, aren't we? They, 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 are, they are talking a little bit uh, as well about... Uh, collaboration to to uh, to end up there, and that's the only part where they actually go into methods. And of course, people have made methods based on this. Uh, if I say that Scrum and Extreme Programming are methods from Agile, it's a little bit on the other way around. But let's let's say it's like that for for simplicity. Uh, you have Lean, you have Kanban, you have all of these uh, hip style. Uh, mm. uh, things that have popped up and everything is actually uh, a set of values and a set of principles and then you have the, the, the tangible manifestations of those which is methods and processes and tools yeah. and people get hung up on methods and processes and tools yeah. and say that mm. okay agile that's scrum uh, no it isn't <laughs> etc yeah. so <clears throat> I would say going back looking at the values what they actually are uh, what what people mean when they talk about Agile um, that are in the Agile sense of, of working that has the Agile mindset that we talked about on Twitter the, mm. the other day then that is the solution actually go, going back there and there are some uh, there are some methods and some processes, some tools that have followed this in a good way there are some that have followed it in a slightly worse way there are, there are methods and processes and tools that um, have tried to become silver bullets and uh, hasn't succeeded mm -hmm. um, so you have you have to attack it from from top down basically and not going directly into into the base of it right and you, you did that now that's why I'm saying like I'm saying yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well what, what? No, sorry, I was going to say, but this is a, one of the n n normal problems um, is that you, you get landed into a population, uh, you get landed into a situation. It's like I described it, um, the project I'm working with now, which we're five, it's probably about four or five different vendors that have all got their own you know, frame agreements and contracts with this particular organization. And you know, they're predetermined, and you've got to make them all work together in an in a agile way. Um, and that, that seems to me fundamentally difficult. Um, yeah, sure. Because, yeah, because there's a, you have to have a change process that, that works, uh, and it would be a tremendous cost to, to most organizations mm. uh, that think they're doing Agile now, mm. but if they're going to go full Agile, then, then there's a problem. I, even with the companies uh, in this town that actually says that they're doing really good Agile, mm. they are usually having a kind of a big analysis phase and a big design phase and mm -hmm. strategy yeah. and that kind of stuff and then then they say but then we do agile de development mm. 
then they are probably using a, a process for the development phase, mm. which can be said to be agile in some way, but it's hard to be true agile because agile means that you're prone to change. And if you have done that all, that full design and uh, analysis before, mm. you aren't that prone to change. Mm. So why is it so hard for companies to get it right? Why, why, what's the problem? What are they not, what, what are they not prepared to give up? Uh, the conceived cost of collaboration, I think. That's, mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's what I'm running to at least um, even even on the like talking UX uh, versus development developers yeah. uh, it's hard to, to understand that if you if you if you see two developers side by side people have a problem okay this pair programming it's not cost effective so even there they have a problem yeah. in inside and then if you say okay let's do pair designing yeah. uh, two UXers on a project for instance uh, that's not cost effective either mm. and then if you go next level and saying one UX designer and one developer actually designing, collaborating, that can't be cost effective at all. That, that's their feeling and, and, and that's, that's the first hurdle that they need to get over and, and realize that if we collaborate on the, on the full level as much as possible, and then it kind of works. For instance, uh, one of the practices of the original um, extreme programming. Mm. Um, I actually don't remember the, the, the English word for it. I'm sorry. Uh, but it, but it, yeah, translate. but it, it was having the customer in, in, in your lap. Right. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. And that meant that uh, the customer, whoever he was, had to take time or a customer representative from a company and mm. uh, that was had ordered the product, had to take time mm. at least three days out of five in the week and sit with the developers. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's collaboration. Exactly. And very yeah. few does that. I like that. To be honest, the times when I've, I've, I've heard or seen Agile being most well appreciated, I wouldn't say successful, that's maybe a bit too bold to claim, but most well appreciated is when the, the, the orderer, the, the client, has been sitting with the team as part of the, the, the sprint team, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, you get two things out of that. You, you get good, good collaboration, which means mm. you're building the right product. Mm. And as well, uh, you get an understanding mm. of what you're doing. So it's much easier to... Yeah, it's a Stockholm Syndrome. You, 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 mm. yeah, you've, got a, you've got a more visible... Um, you've got a more simplified decision process as well if, the, if you're there with them. But then, it, then it's back to that, that person that is in that team from the client has to have the mandate to be able to take the decisions that are needed to, yes. to go forward. Yes. And... I, I think I can see how uh, agile-like processes, uh, agile-like methods work really well in startups and in um, more confined environments. But when we get into the, the bigger organisations, the, the more political, if you will, yeah. organisations, um, you know, I don't know how much time of the years I put into to, um, getting you know stuff, uh, get buy-in and signing off on things internally. I mean, when you when your agency were to deliver something, that's just mm -hmm. the start of the journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that's um, that's also yeah. a cost. Exactly, yeah. and it's the it's the political cost, mm. and it's yes, the cost yeah. of giving mandates to to mm. to the people who should have them. Mm. Uh, and of course, that's a <laughs> that is a big cost. Mm. Because giving away control, it will feel like. Mm. And that's the biggest cost of them all, I think. Mm. Yeah. What we're what we're implying now is that uh, most people that are saying they're working agile are not. 
Yeah, that's exactly what I'm implying. <laughs> <laughs> and I agree, and I'm, and I'm glad you agree with me because that's, that's something that I've, I've said as well. Yeah. That I, I, I've even been called out in meetings and stuff. And I said, this isn't agile. I'm like, I don't really know what I do. I'm not yeah. an agile expert or anything. But said, this doesn't feel like it's what I understand agile to be. And it's all our agile experts. Are so you're the bothers of English names. Yeah, again, like yeah. usual, you're not falling over and rolling over. And <laughs> no, I, um, I, would, I would guess that. If you go, yeah, if, if we take it back in notch and take it to the 70s and, and mm -hmm. talk a little bit about waterfall, yeah. I would say that you don't have, you, you definitely don't have the waterfall method that uh, Royce, I think his name was, mm. came up with either. You've never had that. No. Uh, but right. so, so no, one's, no one's really waterfall and no mm. one's really uh, rationally unified process. And mm. no, no, no one's really agile either. Mm. On the other hand, I do agree with you that that I think most people, most companies that said that we're doing agile, they've come 40% of the way or something like that. Mm. And a very few companies, I visited a few, I've, I've had a, a, a very nice, uh, what do you call it, benefit to, uh, to being an agile coach and agile teacher. So I've been around to, to different companies just. Pack the job. Yeah, mm. just uh, sneaking in behind the curtain and, and look at them. And I've seen a few that are like perhaps 70% agile, if you could measure it, measure it in some way. Mm. Uh, and that's where the best ones are. Mm. Because there are the cost of change, the cost of, of uh, actually moving mm. out of your comfort zone mm. yeah. is a little bit too big. I like that, moving out of your comfort zone. And yeah. the fact that 70% is, is good enough, uh, basically. And I can confirm a lot of what you're saying because uh, in the project, I mean, when the client is involved, and, and the, there is a client representative that's there during standups, and usually three times a week, like you're saying, and that makes it a whole lot easier to get confirmation out of that we're doing the right thing, that we're on the right track. And I've also tried out uh, pair design, uh, in, in which uh, me and a, and a UX uh, girl, we were in one room with a whiteboard, and I think we, in, a, in an hour and a half, we accomplished what I would do by myself in one day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is amazing. <clears throat> yeah. I, I met one of the, just a small anecdote, I met one of the more prominent UX persons who have done UX since the 90s here in Stockholm. And I, and uh, she asked me, okay, you work at this company, oh, nice, good, who are you working with? I was like, I'm the only UX guy there. Yeah. She just looked <laughs> shocked. Shocked, yeah, exactly. Because for her it was totally normal that you're at least two persons on the yeah. UX team. And as, as well as you don't have a software development company with only one per, mm. with one developer. You yeah. have to be several. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to collaborate. Yeah. Well, this, is, this, is, this is something I've seen, seen for, for years. I mean, I, when you've got two of you, I mean, some of the sort of we collaborated there. I mean, we, yeah. when it's two of you, you have that instant feedback mechanism. Mm. Um, you have double idea generation. You've got double filters. I mean, yeah, everything. The risk, you, and the risk of you uh, going the wrong way for too long is just you're, you're erasing it. Yeah. yeah. When you when you boil down the the agile thinking and the lean thinking, uh, you you come down to feedback loops, mm -hmm. and that's basically you you want to have short feedback loops as short as possible in every part of the way yeah. between yourself in the team, between different teams in the organization, between the teams and the stakeholders, between the teams and, and the users, and, and of course the stakeholders and the users as, as well. So it's all about 
shorter, shortening the, the feedback loops, yeah. mm -hmm. basically. And whatever you do, however you do it, it's fine. For, for instance, uh, at my company, we, we noticed that Scrum is, is not so productive for us. Mm -hmm. So we kicked it out and uh, we, we use our own method um, that we come up with ourselves just to get as short feedback loop mm -hmm. feedback loops as possible. Yeah. Okay. So so but, but that's a, another problem. People mm -hmm. stick to, to the book kind of exactly. Thing. And that's another thing with, with uh, <laughs> reference to this project a lot now, but th this, uh, we realized that we, when, once we made, well, we did wireframes and we did all the usual stuff and then we did the graphic design, but once we made it into a prototype, that's when the client started to realize what was happening. So the prototype was a really, really important part of the process. Is there anything that can be said about, is it important to build a prototype early on and does that have something to do with Agile? And here is where lean startups come. Yeah, yeah. So this is this yeah. is one that, that was one that comes from. Um, yeah, and the talk. And uh, lean uh, startups is probably the the silver bullet I was talking yeah. about on Twitter with you guys, uh, <clears throat> because if you ignore the word lean in lean startups and you ignore the word startups in lean startups, <laughs> uh, because pe people 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 think that it's lean from Toyota production system, it's not. Yeah. Uh, people think that it's startups as in only startups, mm. it's not. It's yeah. whenever you start a project, how big, how small, the, these these uh, values, these principles that they have from lean startups, they work very, very well. And lean startups startups incorporates the agile values and it incorporates the UX values that we have and the whole business values thingy as well. It's interesting though that you said that lean is as close to the syllabus you can get and it works for everything. What, what, um, what, what Jeff, um, um, Jeff said at UXLX, Jeff um, Goffert um, said at UXLX, was that it doesn't work for all situations and he actually said it works excellent for startups and um, I think it was, I can't remember, there was another example here, he said where it works really well. Um, and then he said it doesn't work for agencies, for example, because agencies are about um, or, um, delivering rather than um, you know, going yeah. forward together. So. Yeah. But, but, but um, if you then look at the process they have inside their own house mm. and, and have a start date and a stop date there mm. instead, and have delivery, then, then you would say it works. Did you say this about lean startups or uh, lean UX? Because Ooh. I think there's a difference here. How can we remember that? Uh, see, I, no, I've got. I'll have to check my notes. Yeah. <laughs> because I would, I would say the if you don't dig into the to the exact tools and the exact processes of lean startups or lean UX, for instance, yeah. um, for that matter, then the basis of 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 this and the basis of agile, actually, but it's not very well said, very well, very well written, is something that. Uh, a guy called Jeff Patton, mm -hmm. you probably mm -hmm. heard yeah. of, yeah. Uh, explains in a very good way with a Mona Lisa painting. Mm -hmm. He he's talking about iterative and incremental development, mm. or iterative and incremental product development, rather than just IT part of it. Um, and he 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 says that yeah, the painter didn't, of course, didn't paint it all from the beginning, because he wouldn't know how to paint it all from the beginning. And he didn't split it into smaller parts from the beginning. He didn't do like uh, incrementally build right. it up yeah. like that. He didn't even iteratively build it. 
he built built it iteratively and incrementally at the same time. So yeah. he started out with sketching mm -hmm. and did the full painting uh, with with the full sketch. Mm. And then he took one part of it, like for instance the face. I've heard that he, he worked with that one for a while. Mm. Uh, and did some details, more sketching. And then he just removed that and sketched again. They have x-rayed the, the image so yeah, they, yeah. They, know, yeah. <laughs> they know this stuff. And so he built on where, wherever he felt it was most value to to mm. to kind of draw at that time. Some, some of the classic artists, there generally are several versions of these classic paintings, like Edmund Munch, The Scream. Yeah. There's, a, there's at least three, five, I think, of those ones um, that look pretty much the same, yeah. but they're all iterations of it. Um, and his, his Van Gogh was the same thing with um, you know, exactly. several variations. His first one was a prototype. Yeah. His exactly. first one was the, the minimum viable product yeah. that we talk about in Lean Startup. Startups. Uh, and it was also the, yeah, in, in Agile you, you talk about the big design up front quite a lot and, and, and uh, use it as a swear word. Mm. Uh, but um, what they also do is they do something called a walking skeleton, mm. which is basically the full foundation to, to build from, from, from A to C. Right. Uh, and that sketch he did there, that quick drawing, the first one I did, that's that's the painter thing doing the the, the, the first prototype or the MVP mm. or the basic just to see, yeah, okay, we have the architecture mm. here. And this is the same for us, for us UXers. We should do the same there. We should have mm. that very quickly done sketch. And mm. like Jeff Gottlieb says, uh, show the sketches early yeah, for right. people to get feedback loops. And I, I can't see a situation where <laughs> you, you are totally allowed to, to uh, prove me otherwise here. But even in the biggest corporations, even, even when there are a lot of stakeholders and, and uh, uh, different groups of people, distributed teams, etc., etc., there is still a lot of value doing that first thing and work iteratively, incrementally. Right. It's more complicated because you need more collaboration and yeah. that means the cost, etc., etc. But yeah. working lean startup style with the minimum viable mm. product, showing something, getting a landing page or whatever out there first yeah. just to get feedback as quick as possible mm. is how you work. And then you iteratively and incrementally take it from there. Mm. There are too many people that just does one iteration. Yeah. Yeah. That's not an iteration, that's wrong word for it. I found my notes as well. Oh, and it was oh, Lean UX that was Lean UX. Lean UX we were talking about. And it was in-house designers with one of these situations where he recommended it, it would work, that you start off in-house and you can, you can yeah. build up internally and then startups. And, but then agencies yeah. were... And, it, and Lean, Lean UX is, is down to, not the, not the tools perhaps, but definitely the processes. Mm. Uh, mm. And the principles and the values is where mm. the level I'm trying to... To stay at exactly. Uh, I'm really seeing some common themes here. It's, it's all really again about being prepared to fail, fail early, yeah, fail fast, yeah, and uh, reiterate. Absolutely. That's yeah. Again, something when you say about the kind of getting that starting page, landing page out there quickly, so you can get some feedback on it. Uh, there, you can, I can straight away see some of the positions I've been in, and that you know the, the fear of the business side. That you know if you've got. Um, well, what they see is a, a, a business-critical function or something, that is you know, sign up for something. 
um, and you want to test, you want to put out some kind of alteration to that button or feature or sign-up process or whatever it is, um, you know, getting them to dare to experiment, to, to iteratively improve it, can be hard work because yeah. they're just so fearful that you know, well, no, we want to make sure it's right. It has to be right before we put it out there. Yeah, and uh, that's the control. Mm. Yeah, and that's I think the biggest hurdle here is, is getting the 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 regular business side of organisations to to give, give their valuable input, um, but at the same time, you know, relax and to, to release some of the controls of experts within the field. Yeah, and, um, and it's getting there. Uh, one thing is the the lean part of it, not the Toyota production system, or you can involve that as well, but but lean as as lean. Mm. Uh, the values and, and processes from from there uh, works very well on the on the business side level, and as well, we have a movement coming up now. One called Agile Contracts. And you can probably guess what that is. Mm -hmm. It's usually Googleable. <laughs> uh, and another thing is called Beyond Budgeting, which is oh, kind of leaving the the one year budgets and and going oh, on nice. to better. Oh, nice. So there are a lot of of processes and tools that mm -hmm. has taken the, the real values mm -hmm. of Agile and Lean mm -hmm. and, and uh, put it into a good practice, but then you have to do all of it, kind of, yeah. to, to, uh, to you actually... You have to change the culture. You have to change the culture. Yeah, yeah. yeah. go back to change management. And yeah. Yeah, I've been involved in the last few years heavily in um, work with um, social internets. Um, and... and <laughs> I, I give up. <laughs> I stop. We're running, we're running past time. Uh, we need to wrap up. <laughs> I was hinting at me for quite a while, eventually I stopped. Uh, so, thanks so much, Martin, for being with us today in, in this cafe, close down cafe, beside, beside this fridge. Close down, closer to there. Yeah, closer today. Today. And the fridge has actually stopped. But it has been. It's yeah. not making as much noise as it did at the beginning. No, fantastic. We drowned it out. Mm. Wait, have I said everything that I should have said? We got we some bullet. We got, say that. Yeah, we got some insights, and we, and, but you left us with some cliffhangers as well with the agile contracts and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. there will be more to talk about in the future. There will. So we we'll hope to have you back as well. As for many of these things, it's the beginning of the journey, not the end. Exactly. So thank you, dear listeners, and uh, let us know what you want to, who you want to hear from in the future, and um, let us know what you think of the show. Um, by all means, give us a lovely glowing review of yeah. the show on um, so iTunes. So we want short feedback loops. We, yeah, exactly. Short yeah. feedback yeah. loops. Yeah. Yeah. Anywhere you fancy getting all of us and getting in touch with us, yeah. just do it. We're more than happy to hear from you. Okay, remember to keep moving. And see you on the other side. <laughs> You've been listening to UX Podcast with freelance consultants James Royal Lawson and Per Axwell. For more information or to subscribe to this podcast, visit uxpodcast.com.